Welcome back to another episode of Canterbury Tales. It's the stories of the great brands emerging out of the American and global cannabis space. I'm here, Dimitri Downing, with our co-hosts. Ari Munoz and Destiny Blanco. And we are thrilled to be joined by Beard Bros today. Wow, what, what, what a treat. I know somebody's excited. Destiny. Beard I am. I'm, I'm a big fan of you guys. I have been following you for quite some time in the industry. She, I've been working will. here for the last six years. Yes. Since well, I started. She said, well, this is one of the groups that I want to interview <laughs> while we're here, well. which is really cool. So we got Bill and Jeff. Hello. We highly yeah. appreciate that. We Thank are you. always humbled by people that tell us they've been following us for years. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're cultivators that, that came to media, and we've got a lot of notoriety recognition since getting into the media. So it's still very humbling for us, and we appreciate you following Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. So when did you guys start in cannabis? Like, I mean, there's, start, nothing, start. there's no secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> no secrets here. Start from the beginning. Um, I guess I'll go first. I'm the older brother. Yes. Uh, so I was, uh, I was in my middle teens, 13, 14, which I found a lot of people started using cannabis at that time. Um, but it's just always been something that we, uh, we recognized wasn't as dangerous as they were telling us. And we would utilize it for you know personal reasons. Uh, for me personally, I, in retrospect, I realized I was using it to, to focus. I was a little bit, yep. um, you know, ADD, I guess you could say. I was in a lot of different directions. And when I would consume cannabis, it would help me focus and, and stay more on, uh, more on track. Um, but the, uh, the starting was in the 80s, uh, cultivation in the 80s. Uh, nice. Yep, uh, late 80s. Uh, yes. But really, more cultivation started in the 90s for us. That's all right. Um, Nancy Reagan was around then, so you guys were taking big risks. We, we were. <laughs> the, uh, the fried egg in the frying pan was a, was, yes. <laughs> was a commercial that we saw. It got me. I don't know. So. Um, but cultivation in the 90s through Florida. Um, you know, get this a little bit closer just so we get a little bit. Got you. Yeah, I didn't want to get too close and have the uh, the mustache rubbing on it. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all no, good. That's what we need, um, bro. <laughs> the, so the quick one was cultivation in, in Florida is when we uh, first started doing our real commercial, uh, growing hydroponics and things like that. Obviously, it wasn't wasn't legal in Florida in the '90s. Right. So, uh, uh, but that's why we ended up in Los Angeles about 12 years ago because we right. got tired of looking over our back, tired of worrying about going to jail. Yes. Um, and I think I saw you guys on Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> you may have. <laughs> um, but we wanted to go to a state where it was, it was at least state legal and we could have some moderate uh, uh, feeling that we weren't going to jail. Yeah. Right. So you moved to California. We did. We moved to California in about 2011. 2011. So you were in Florida until 2011. Correct. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of, you took some big risks in Florida. We did. And that's why we left. They were literally giving out 20-year sentences yeah. for people that have four lighter in a spare bedroom. No, they don't wow. mess around down no. there. That's wild. Was it a hard transition for you to take everything over there? No, no, it, it's just we, we knew that we couldn't stay there. We, like, we knew people that were catching charges, and it just didn't make sense when there were states that you could yeah. do it legally on a medical basis with the uh, collective model, like in California. Makes sense. Getting too close. So 2011, you're over in California. You want to pick up? Um, yeah, I was going to give you a quick backstory on my yes, side as well. Yes. With, with Bill being the older brother, of course, you know, he was the influence on me right. a, a, as a teenager. Shame so. on you. And, and people like to say it back then, a bad influence. I look at it as a good influence. Right. Good for you. But, but since statute of limitations are, are well beyond, Bill, Bill's comfortable with me telling the story of him contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Yeah. Um, no, I, same thing. I was around the 13-year-old the 13 age when, when uh, I first tried cannabis with my older brother. Um, he was in the cultivation side of things. I actually went the college route, and we, we kind of joke about it now. We were vertically integrated all right. the way back in the mid-'90s because he was growing it, and then I was selling it at college. Where did you go to college? Oh, yeah. I went to University of Florida, Gainesville. I was, nice. selling, I was selling it at Boston University. Yep. <laughs> San Diego, well, excuse me, Tucson, San Diego, Phoenix. 
Uh, my brother was in Delta Chi, doesn't matter at this point, and him and his friends were shipping it back east, and four pounds, 10 pounds, we had a lighting company. I probably could say it was at the Psy Performance Center at Boston University, my alma mater. <laughs> but it doesn't matter now. So and uh, we would ship it over there and uh, into boxes because we'd receive all the lighting boxes and boom, boom, boom. And I was like, no, this isn't right. After like seven or eight times, I was scared. And then everybody else started doing FedEx giant boxes and stuff, and <laughs> I, I left it alone. Sorry, go back to you. No, all good. Yeah, no, we and basically we had the best of both worlds then. Like we, we had connections down in South Florida that we were bringing up the Crippy that was around yeah. in, in the mid '90s. There, we had people up in Kentucky and Tennessee with homegrown that we were getting, and then obviously what, what he was cultivating yes. as well. So, um, but no, fast forward, we moved from Florida. Actually, stop over quickly in Nederland, Colorado, in 2010 right. before coming out to California. Uh, we went there because that was when they had the only system you could be an independent cu cultivator and sell to the dispensaries, and then they closed loop their system. Right. Uh, that's what pushed our move even further west. We were able to start up a nonprofit in L.A. in 2011, start gathering patients to be caregivers for, right. and, and build our, our cultivation side from that. Nice. And, uh, you know, so you started cultivation in California in 2011, and uh, you want to pick up what happens next? Uh, well, uh, we were state legal. Um, we were paying the Board of Equalization as a legal California company. Uh, we made it through about 2015 and we were rated. Uh -huh. So even though we went to, we moved, moved all the way from one coast to the other. Um, got rated at the end of 2015. Um, we ended up beating the charges because we were California legal. Nice. Um, and ironically, it, it, it's what ended up getting us a California license. So we have a, a social equity license in California and Los nice. Angeles specifically. That's awesome. Uh, because oh. of the bust in 2015. That's a dispensary, cultivation, well. manufacturing? We were cultivation. So we have a license for distribution and manufacturing now. Okay. Um, we were not able to secure a cultivation license in L.A. because of their highly restrictive nature. They only allowed the original 185, what they call pre-ICO measure M's. Yeah, that makes to, a lot of sense. To have a license. Yeah, 185 in Los Angeles. Oh, that that makes no sense. Um, California, uh, as a side note, California right now has about as many dispensaries statewide, about 900, retail, 900 brick and mortars and about four or 500 uh, deliveries. There was more than that in Los Angeles alone leading up to Prop 64. Yeah. So, um, so we, that happened to us. We, um, we are now uh, licensed in California. Uh, we have some product. We have RSO in the market in California. Ooh, RSO about is awesome. Yeah. Uh, high, we do a high CBD that's made from a Ringo's Gift strain. Uh, is that do, under the Beard Bros name? It is it under is. Beard Bros Farms. We are in about 110 dispensaries all across California. Awesome. Uh, we're distributed by Mammoth Distribution, which carries heavy hitters mm -hmm. and other products. Um, they're our social equity partner in Los Angeles. Heavy so hitters? That's all. Yeah, heavy hitters. Nice. So that's how that all came about. You know, the Canterbury Tales is designed to kind of tell stories like your guys's because you have all this understanding of the plant, understanding of cultivation, understanding of the history, the culture of cannabis, and you've slowly woven all that expertise into a modern brand, which, you know, in, in a sense gives it more credibility. There will be great lab-developed brands. I'm not going to poo-poo those at all. Right. But, it, you know, these are interesting stories that, you know, won't be replicated. And, and you guys are like one of these unusual groups that's taken all this black market, gray market, whatever you want to call it, non-traditional market expertise, and evolved in something meaningful now in the tax and regulate 
concept. And that's what Canterbury Tales is all about. So you guys are like VIP guests we, now. We got tons. We got tons of stories yeah. on that. I mean, the reality of it is, you can't do what we did in California anywhere ever again. Oklahoma is somewhat similar, but it's saturated, so you can't really do yeah. what we did. Yep. California in the teens was really the last place you could go and spend five thousand dollars to set up a nonprofit and start collecting patients and cultivate six or twelve plants per patient. I mean, well, you, you just you can't do that anymore. You can do it in Oklahoma. You just won't make as much money. You well, yeah. well yeah. it's you, not patient focused. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that, that's where I go with yeah. that. Is is Oklahoma allowed? very easy access to entry, but, but that's for commercial cannabis sales. Okay. That's not for yep. a medical program. Yep. California was still a medical program back then. Even yeah. though they are a medical program, the way they've set it up with $2,500 for unlimited plants, which I, I agree with. We should be able to free to do it. I, I just I feel like we need something between California's uh, high barriers to entry and restriction and, and Oklahoma's opposite of that. So, uh, you know, we, we like the freedom in Oklahoma, but it just got oversaturated. And then what you get is you get diversion. And then you get then you get issues with that. So, yep. and not that we feel, we feel it should be federally legal and you should be able to move it around the country, but that's just not the situation right now. Yeah, personally, I'm just not a big fan of limited licensing. I find it like government barriers to entry, minority report shit. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. And there's so many entrepreneurs, good-spirited people. I know the price of cannabis will come down, but those who have good brands and good expertise and good knowledge, committed good marketing like you guys will just keep on pushing forward and you'll win. Yeah. Well, it also stifles creativity and innovation in the industry. Absolutely. That comes from the small people, from the craft people, the people that are dedicating their entire lives to a particular aspect of the industry. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm like a so conductor over here. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no but, but, but that innovation, that, that, that innovation experimentation, it ultimately leads to what? What's in the best interest of the patients and consumers? Yeah. Which is what an industry should be built around. And that is the common goal that guys like you share. You know, the commitment to the patient, to the consumer, to innovate and come up with the best ideas. Fortunately, you have a license. Fortunately, you've navigated those waters over the decades, but there's a lot of other guys like you who can't. There's a lot, and, and, and we, we know people don't stop feeding their family the day after a law goes into effect. So we yes. completely yeah. respect anybody who hasn't been able to get a license. Yes. I, we would be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. It's what we do. Uh, but the, the, the wild part about it is you when we started building a brand, it was to build our flower brand, and we did that in Los Angeles. And really, unbeknownst to us, when we did it, we were just doing it to further our brand, but we were, we, like you say, we were building a long-term brand, and, it, and it's developed on trust. We would go, when we, we got started getting known in LA, it was because we would take our product down and look patients in the eye at these weekend and, 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 and nighttime sessions, and we would sell product directly to patients, because you could do it farmer's market style. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad thing that's gotten lost in everything that's happening with legalization, and, they're, and they're, the way they want to tax every single dollar that goes out has led to the, the the destruction of the farmer market type style which was fantastic and that's how we built a brand I like the farmer's market yeah i mean you honestly I, I mean i feel bad for people that are trying to get into it now like you can't really build a brand like we did unless you're going to drop millions of dollars yep. into marketing to do uh, it uh, are they rating pop-up farmers markets in california uh, we've heard of some of that, yeah. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's carried on since 18. There's a lot of them that didn't stop. There's ones that yeah. are still running. Absolutely. They're never going to stop it in California. Yeah. California's full of rebels. And, and just because, I mean, honestly, we became illegal uh, from December 31st of 2017 to January 1st. We became illegal because we didn't get our license until later in, in 18. Right. So yeah. we were illegal. People had been yes. doing it correctly for almost a decade within the state confines. Became illegal from one day to the next. That's awesome. Wrong. And <laughs> oh, sorry, you. When have a did question? you guys start calling yourselves uh, the Beard Bros, or how did that come into existence? You know what? The Beard I, I, Bros. I was going to ask that question. There's a dozen ways you could ask that question because I think it's kind of obvious. 
It, it kind of beard, it, it, bro. It actually, <laughs> it actually formed in 2013, but it took its roots a couple of years earlier than that. Uh, when we moved from Florida to Colorado, Bill had a very thin beard, chin strap beard, and I actually just had the little soul patch. <laughs> nice. um, and when we got there, there was a, a local music festival going on in the town of Nederland that we moved into, which was up in the hills outside of Boulder. And as we walked through, we literally yeah. heard people say, oh, my God, look, they're just letting the feds come in, up, in, up in here like that. Because we had the shaved heads, <laughs> all clean cut, big, tall guys. We were like, look at all these narcs. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We definitely aren't that. And if right. that's the connotation we're Boston getting. University right. story. No, never. Yeah. So, so for the entire year we were in Colorado, neither one of us shaved our beards. I actually didn't shave my hair right. either. So I don't think a lot of people shave in Colorado. When we, <laughs> when we moved to California, I actually had shoulder-length hair and the beards. Shaved off the shoulder-length hair because of getting out into the California heat instead of the Colorado mountains. Um, But then when we got there, we realized, you know, while there were some of the hipster beards, the the Duck Dynasty guys and some things like that at the time, it wasn't really that prevalent. We actually stood out from it. It was something that differentiated us. Yeah. We are actual brothers, so it just became a natural thing. And as we started to call ourselves that, we started getting people shouting out that at events. And I've heard heard it around here a lot of times as we're walking around. Yep. So it's it's just kind of become a bit of a calling, and it's authenticity. It's it's us. You can't really fake who we are. Right. Is it just who you guys? As brothers, yes. His, his son does son work with us with as us. well, and he's got a full beard, too. Nice. <laughs> he does. We, we he jokingly does. refer to him as second-gen beard. He's second the second-gen or the baby beard. That's, the baby that's beard. That's awesome. Do you guys have, like, little bobblehead dolls, too? <laughs> that's We should get them. Yeah. Yeah. That would be super yeah. dope. Bobble beard. beards. Oh, bobble, bobble, bobble beard. The beard needs to bobble. Beard. 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 There we go. Two little bobble bearded guys. Bobble beards. I Bearded bros. We'll make sure you get your cut. Yeah, we're going to cut you in on that one. We'll put them right here next to Yoda. No, no, no. We don't We don't take cuts of anything here. We just like to have good times. Good ideas. Meet people. Connect people. Spread the love. So you guys are perfect. And you guys are great examples of the cannabis industry. And uh, that's why we love Canterbury Tales, and we love that you guys are, are actually here. What's next? What's next? That's a good question. I mean, because yeah. we've made a pivot from cultivators to, oh, okay, the state now says after 10 years you can't do that. Uh, we worked through a couple of licensing deals. They didn't work out the way we liked them, so we have cultivated in California, but we're moving, to, moving away from that because the market in California mm-hmm. has not been performing well lately. Uh, what's next for us is the media gave us a much broader reach instead of just being known as growing uh, really quality flour in Southern California. Right. Uh, the moment we started putting out aggregated news and then our own news, uh, we realized that we had a market that spanned not only the country because we're from the East Coast, and so our friends started looking at what we were doing because we had a, a website in 18 and we started putting out our own articles. Um, we realized that we now had a worldwide following. Uh, South America, we get a lot of following. South America, uh, uh, England, Europe, we get a lot of following from there. So it just became um, something that we, we 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 pivoted to because we wanted to stay relevant because we didn't think we'd have products in the market. And it turned out to be a, mu- a much bigger multiplier than that. So what's next for us is we're, we're, we're deeper into media and we're also looking to uh, start working on the East Coast through some and licensing agreements. Like ing- ingestible brands or flower brands at all? I mean, like there could be uh, Beard Bros. I mean, anything. In, in the 215 days in California, we had uh, almost 70 products in the market on Weed Maps. And yeah. as he said, in 2018, that lopped all the way down to, to the RSO. So we, we've been a flower brand, edibles, concentrates, topicals, right. tinctures, salves. You name it. So I'd love, I'd love to get back to being a full scale product line. Yeah, we we yeah, take the medical, natural. we take the medical aspect of it very, very seriously. Yeah. And um, so we've always yes. been active with uh, helping prisoners that are in for nonviolent crimes. We've always been very active nice. with veterans. Um, until we couldn't do it anymore, we would donate pounds every month up until eighteen. 
uh, of our awesome. own flower to veteran organizations. So Respect. we, yeah, thank you very much. I mean, it's just always something, you know, with the, as a child, I would see veterans that came back from the, uh, from the Vietnam War and they were treated like shit. People would, would call them names and they were trying to medicate with cannabis and then they were called names for that. And the reality of it was they were just trying to deal with the, with the trauma. That's Uncle Mike. That our government yes. put them it into. Is. You know, go over here, kill people you don't even know, and then come back and we're going to treat Smoke like shit. Smoke their weed, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So we've always been advocates for the whole thing. So, it, I mean, if I had to take a choice, instead of hype, I'd rather have a full medical line. Right. Everything from tinctures to suppositories, right? Let's, yeah, let's, let's nice. help people. Let's right. really help people. I, I, if you're interested, I have a university that's looking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just said for the patients. Yeah, <laughs> a university that's looking to partner with somebody to do a, to do a line. And to, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a naturopathic institute. Yeah, oh, they, they and it should it. be for the patients. Medical is what started all of this. And almost yeah. every state that has medical and then rec comes along after it, medical gets yeah. forgotten. Like, we weren't in California at the time, but we understand that it was AIDS patients in the Bay in the early to mid-90s that, yep. that brought cannabis to the forefront. Yep. We have to remember that, and we have to honor that. Right. Even even Joy, Joy is a form of, 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 of therapy, you know, and it's an individual choice how they're going to yeah. use their homeopathic substances or herbal remedies throughout the world in order to... All, find all the healing. Use, all use is medicinal. I agree whether with you, that. Whether you understand it or not, all use is medicinal. Yep, makes you know, you better and we don't out. actually. I, I actually never use the word recreational. I call it adult choice. Yeah. And um, a therapeutical use, adult choice. You know, um, I actually don't support the concept of recreational eating, recreational coffee drinking, recreational alcohol drinking, or any of that. It doesn't make any sense. I'll, I'll drink to relax, but that's therapy and that's medicine. Yep. That's fine, but it's I'm, I'm medicating. When well, that's our thing behind it. If somebody's using cannabis, like for me, I didn't know when I was younger why I was using it, but I was using right. it therapeutically. Yep. And that's what we say. You, you can go out Focus. and just get really high on a Friday night, but you needed to get really high yeah. and relax. It's you therapy. Need, you need, <laughs> so. You need it so you can come up with the ideas on how to, uh, what's going to turn your younger brother into juvenile delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just kidding. Now your son. Not just kidding. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. He uh, was an adult when I smoked with him the first time. Okay. <laughs> Getting better, right? That's 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 goals. Does he no. use it for focus or for relaxing? He, I, you know what? Honestly, I think he's the same as me. He uses yeah. it to, to reduce stress and to focus. On, so quite honestly, many people. Yeah. yeah. I was I was I was kind of a fuddy duddy when I was prosecuting all that kind of stuff, starting the industry in 2012, and uh, I was with the the you know the suits looking to make money, uh, and also, but I spent three years understanding the cannabis movement, the cannabis community, the cannabis history, the cannabis plant, uh, working with the guys at Normal, uh, Michael Weiser and a bunch of other individuals, you know, taught me the importance of it. So I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I, had a, I had a comment there, but I forgot what I, my train of thought. Sorry, when we talk about Michael. Did you take a break earlier? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need some cannabis. <laughs> no, 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 but that, that, was my, that, was my, that was the story. Because Michael Weiser taught me, you know, he was a school teacher. And so in 2012, 2013, he was, we shared an office. We donated, immediately said, donated an office to Normal. These are the ones doing all the advocacy. It seems natural business and advocacy. Sure, you just do that right. as, a, as, a, as a good businessman. But then you listen to him and talk to him. And, and, and every day at, he, at like, you know, every hour, he'd go out and smoke he, joint. He would have an alarm clock yeah, set for 4.15. Yeah. He'd go he, off he, at 4.15 and he, another one at 4.20. He would consume more cannabis than anybody that I'd ever met in my life. Because before that, I was doing law enforcement and economic development with a lot of the white collars. And he could edit at a level that was higher than anybody I knew. And he could, like, write dissertations and write articles. And he was so focused and so on it. And I, that was him and about 5,000 other individuals between 2012 and 2016. 
taught me the importance of cannabis as a, as a tool for relieve anxiety, a tool to help focus, and that I was just entirely wrong about how I saw things. Yeah. So that really, really helped me. Yeah, the whole lazy stoner moniker is a myth. Uh, I mean, some wrong. of the hardest working people I know are in the yeah. cannabis industry. <laughs> and then, yeah. and, and can, in my opinion, cannabis just brings out or, or exemplifies what you already are. Yeah. So right. if you're a lazy stoner, you were lazy. Yes, if if, we, all, if we were lazy, we would have all given up and gone into something else by now. That's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. I have so many friends from law school come to me all the time and say, hey, we're glad you're involved, so heavily involved in the cannabis movement. We consumed all the time in law school in the 90s, which didn't tell anybody. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, we use it to study. I'm Professionals like, have been using cannabis for a long what? time. They yeah. just don't talk about it yeah. because it's an issue. Relax no, the brain. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, not even just yeah. the brain, the body. The amount yeah. of athletes that are able to come out now and be open and free yeah. with it. But they, when we were talking about back in, in Florida, I had athletes, both college professional that I've dealt with all the time. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. people like Ricky Williams lost an entire career. I was going to say, yeah. Because of cannabis even, use. Yeah, in some, some sports. Huge fans of Ricky Williams. Oh, yeah. A yeah. Heisman, love Mike, that. That is something else we do have coming up. We did we did a new show we're doing with um, Altered TV, and Ricky was one of our uh, interviews. So nice. that's coming up soon. Tell him I said hi. He's like a ninja Yoda type. Love him. G- gave a lot of praise to him. Him and I graduated college the same year. That's Both awesome. introverts, kind of social awkwardness, anxiety is kind of the things we've used cannabis to overcome. So I, yeah. I had a lot of commonality with him. It was really great to sit down and talk to him and 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 basically praise him for how much he stepped up then because he gave up a lot. No, he's mm-hmm. definitely a hero. Definitely a hero of the movement. Changed the world. So that's fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys again. Um, anytime. We'll see you. When will we see you again? At MJ BizCon probably? We will be at BizCon. We saw your, your event down in uh, Arizona. We were impressed. It looked really good. Yeah, and we were when a did little bummed. Out? We didn't come. We saw it. Oh. And I was oh, a little, oh, little bummed we didn't. Come to it. You should come next month. We did October 26th yeah. is going to be huge. I, okay, I think, perfect. I think we were working there consulting right before you guys did your first uh, big networking event you did down there. Uh, nope. we, yeah, we were working in Tempe nice. in 2019 to 20. Yeah, 20 over. and 21, I think we were doing consulting for a cultivation in Tempe. Destiny, okay. if, if they okay. come, put them in the beehive, make yeah. a whole posting about it so that the 35,000 people that we email out to can know that they're coming to Arizona okay. looking for potential partnership deals or whatever. Yeah. Just we to meet a people. Whole, a whole beehive thing. We'll awesome. have a whole scheduled meeting. You guys will have a you know a bar tab and uh, schedule meetings all day. I, I love that. Listen, gone out. The, the, is, you is guys that a bar tab doing? for cannabis? Because you might you might regret <laughs> that one. No, the cannabis <laughs> is free. Uh, uh, cannabis okay, is well, free. You'll definitely regret that one. They'll yeah. be throwing <laughs> things at you, and you'll be like, uh-huh. okay, okay. It's wild. It, it, it really is a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had like 1,200 people, and we averaged somewhere around 600, 700, 86 percent industry. But this October 26th, because it's a Halloween party. And we'll have to send this. Nobody dress up Constant as the beer bros. <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody dress up as beer bros. Yeah, put that in there. And because they're coming. <laughs> okay, that's actually that's gonna be our tagline. There you go. Nobody, nobody dress up as beer bro because they're coming. Because they're coming. And uh, so October twenty sixth is gonna be a massive event. Definitely come. Well, and we okay. love groups such as yourself coming up and then amazing ideas like Beehive. I've never heard that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love it. And that's what we have to do. We have to promote for within ourselves, yeah. because the reality of it is the big boys. The big boys aren't promoting. Within, within yeah. everybody else. They're just looking to dominate. and it's We've all got to stick together. Well, we got a whole thing going on. i got the Beehive, the VIP upstairs. We'll Love give it. You guys the We're fighting for brands. We're fighting for the interests of brands, as you know why. And, uh, yeah, meet uh, October 26th. We'll, we'll hang out there, and we'll yeah. get you guys back on what we have, meet a game day, which is like a two-hour-long session where we just bring up random individuals and crazy in weird there. shit happens. Nice. It's a new concept. We just did the first one. We had Jim McMahon. And a whole bunch of That's other cats. We saw all the Revenant, Revenant guys were down there. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 know, we know Kyle there. and Eben and all those yeah. guys. Yeah. That, yeah. that was the report. Mitch. I'm <laughs> not sure if Mitch is still here, but he, Mitch is sitting there, you know, from respect yeah. my region. Yeah. And then Jim McMahon is sitting there. He comes up and 
because it was time to interview Jim Mega. I'm like, no, bitch, stay. And then Kyle Turley comes up, and then Yvonne Britton <laughs> yep. comes up, yep. and Jameer Miller comes up, and you have these giant dudes. That's yeah. but, and then and all and right Mitch. there. Mitch is not small either. Yeah, Mitch, yeah, is Mitch is not small. Yeah. Mitch is like just chilling. He's like, he's like, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but it's a great photo <laughs> offer. <laughs> you know? no, well, you, I would actually consider um, Kyle and Evan personal friends of ours. I, I, they, they're awesome. both. Well, Kyle's not in LA anymore. He used to be out in LA area. Evan yeah. still is. Kyle, I believe, moved to uh, Kentucky, somewhere uh, Nashville, I think. But no, we've we've known those guys for years, and they've Do been in cannabis for years. We did uh, we did Evan Britton's podcast uh, before he was doing Mike Tyson's podcast. Right. Um, like five years ago. Yeah, Mindful Warrior. Mindful Warrior yeah. podcast. Yeah. Evan, Evan Britton's one of those like Yoda type He's guys, awesome. you know? Well, he, and what's funny there is he actually was a Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguar player where we lived for yeah. 20 plus years yeah. at the time. I was a season ticket holder and Champions Club member. <laughs> so I actually met him back in his rookie orientation with, with all the Champions That's Club awesome. people. And I reminded him of that when we yeah. linked back up in, can in, in California with regards to cannabis. And so it's really cool to have those type of connections from somewhere else come into cannabis. Right. I need to get in touch with We were fanboying him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so it's pretty friends. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, we we look forward to doing more things with you yeah. guys and and Beer Bros. I think it'll be it's going to be a great legacy brand and name for decades to come. So we appreciate you being on the Canterbury Tales. What do you think of the name? I love it. I love it. The Canterbury yeah, Tales. I love it. Yeah, the and we appreciate you having us on. Thank you very much. Thank you. All What's right. the best way for people to contact you? Uh, best way to contact us: uh, beerbrosfarms.com because nobody can delete it. Uh, we are on Instagram at Beer Bros Farms. Uh, LinkedIn has been coming on. And I'll be honest with you, this event here has been amazing. I've met more people that we've met over LinkedIn in person here yeah. this week. This week, I was yeah. going to say weekend, but this week, then, then it's wild. Uh, so LinkedIn, Beer Bros Farms, and also personal. Um, also Facebook, but, you know, the meta stuff, Instagram and meta has just gotten so they're so restrictive to us. Um, yeah. But we're all, all for uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Beer Bros Farms with a PH. And any uh, closing comments? And, and any upcoming event in cannabis that you can think of. October we're probably 26th. going to be there. <laughs> just yeah. swing by. You'll be here. Any closing comments? Uh, anything that you want to say? How do people um, get involved with your your, your website? Like so the, the, on the website now, we, yeah, we, we actually do have a contributor. You can come on, and we have a contributor part where you can come in, and you can put an article in, and we'll talk to you about it. And if you want to uh, publish underneath our, our platform, we're happy to do that. We're always looking for it. Um, Final cut. We, you know, our, our website has about 700 articles on it. We started back in 2018. Um, it's our spin as an insider's view of what's really going on in the industry. So we just encourage people to check it out if you want to see what somebody who's who has a license, who's working in cannabis and the largest regulated cannabis market in the world, being California. You want to know what our view is? Check out beerbrosfarms.com. Come check it out. Yep. And if you're on there for about uh, 30 seconds or more, you'll get a pop-up to sign up for our <laughs> Friday session newsletter that goes oh out every yeah. Friday morning. Signing up. Yes, the All Friday right. session is really you really up. should sign up for that it's a it's an overview of what we wrote that week and what the mainstream news was talking about and we slide in some really fun stuff too so super cool nice. very cool well we look forward to meeting you guys soon uh, not be but to see you guys again soon in your neck of the woods yes yes <laughs> thank, right. you. thank you thank you guys so much thanks thank for you. tuning in to the canterbury tales another episode